Peace of Christ be with you. Our text for today is John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. If you'd like to read in your pew Bibles, it's on page 1308. It's 1308. John 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, home of Lazarus whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Lazarus and his sisters hosted a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who joined him at table. Then Mary took an extraordinary amount, almost three quarters of a pound, of very expensive perfume made of pure nard, an oil from the Himalayas. She anointed Jesus' feet with it and then wiped his feet dry with her hair. The house was filled with the aroma of the perfume. Judas Iscariot, one of the disciples, the one who was about to betray him, complained, This perfume was worth a year's wages. Why wasn't it sold? And the money given to the poor. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He carried the money bag and would take what was in it. Then Jesus said, leave her alone. This perfume was to be used in preparation for my burial. And this is how she has used it. You will always have the poor among you. But you won't always have me. The word of God for the people of God. Judas was right. He may have been a thief or not, we don't really know. But he was right on this occasion. The Christian thing to do, as Jesus told us more than once, is to sell all that you have and give the money to the poor. Or at least be more responsible than this. Judas may end up being the bad guy, but he's got a point. This is a total waste. How can she do this when there are people in need? He's right. Mary's being ridiculous. It's worth taking a minute to sort out which Mary this is. There are lots of Marys in the gospel. This is Mary of Bethany. She's Martha's sister, as in Mary and Martha. She is also Lazarus's sister, as in the man who was raised from the dead. She is not Mary Magdalene. She is not Mary, the mother of Jesus. She is not the Mary who is referred to as the other Mary, She is also not an unnamed sinful woman. There's another story about another anointing by an unnamed sinful woman. But that's not this Mary. We have no evidence that Mary of Bethany was sinful. Although she was unconventional and she got away with a lot. She makes three appearances in the Gospels. The first time Jesus comes to her house 
And rather than feeding him dinner, she sits, just sits there, and doesn't help at all. The second time she and Jesus meet, her brother has just died. And she yells at Jesus and cries and makes Jesus cry too. She's the only one who makes Jesus cry in the Gospels. And then there's this time where she takes $30,000 worth of perfume and pours it out. Let's all the rest of it go down the drain. She does it in public. Like she doesn't care what people think. She lets down her hair. Like she doesn't care if they think she's a harlot. Mary really doesn't care what people think. She seems to believe there are more important things than being respectable or responsible. More important things than what you are supposed to do. Mary's always herself. She's just herself with Jesus. She likes to sit with him. She will yell at him. She can cry with him. And she will kneel down to bathe him. With her love. People have come up with lots of explanations for what she was doing here, trying to make it something other than an irrational, wasteful thing. Some say it is clear that she was prefiguring the sacrifice that Jesus himself would make. She is pouring out her perfume as he will pour out his life. Sure, maybe. Or she is anointing him as the Messiah. She is the only one to see the truth. Maybe. Or she is preparing him for burial. That's what this gospel interprets it as. Maybe. Those might all be true. But I think they missed the point. I don't think Mary was trying to make a point. Sometimes beauty for beauty's sake is enough. Sometimes extravagance is necessary. What Mary did was definitely extravagant. She poured almost a pint of perfume on him. Think of a perfume bottle. And then think of a milk carton. It's too much perfume. (laughs) And it would have cost almost $30,000. Any way you count it, it was an extravagance. And Mary seems to think sometimes extravagance is worth it. She seems to believe that sometimes Beauty, just for beauty's sake, is worthwhile. This goes against every single hard-working, well-behaved, Puritan, justice-seeking instinct in my body. And maybe yours, too. 
Mary gives no evidence of working hard at any point. She shirks her chores. She is not well-behaved. She is overly emotional. She is definitely not a Puritan. She is willing to make a complete and total scene if she wants. And she's willing to waste resources on pleasure rather than anything responsible. Mary is bananas. And yet, anytime someone raises a word of complaint about her, Jesus says, leave her alone. Just leave her alone. What she is doing is beautiful. Sometimes, beauty, just for beauty's sake, is essential. Imagine the way the excess perfume must have run down the floor. Did everyone's feet get wet that night? Imagine how the scent filled the air, drifted out the windows, down the street, Imagine how that scent clung to Jesus' death, Jesus' body, as he walked towards his death. This house has seen too much of death recently. Lazarus, who just was ill and had died, is sitting there at the table. The grief and terror of his trauma must have been so vivid for everyone there. And Jesus himself is less than six days from his death. Though they may not know that exactly, everyone knows the storm is gathering. But on this night, death does not win. The scent of love pushes back the smell of death. Sometimes, extravagance is necessary. Mary is willing to be extravagant for the sake of love and also incredibly vulnerable. She lets go of how you are supposed to act. She gets down on her knees in the middle of a dinner party. She lets down her hair. She leans over someone's feet and cares for them as tenderly as her own. Everyone else treats Jesus as some kind of role. He is rabbi, or teacher, or healer, or wonder worker, or opponent, or challenger. But Mary treats him just as a human, with tired feet, and a weary heart, in need of tender care. I keep thinking of what a dehumanizing death Jesus is getting ready to face. With mockery and contempt and public humiliation and exposure and torture and shame. All intended to be dehumanizing. And here for this moment, Jesus gives her, Mary gives him the gift of dignity, of care as if he's just a human who needs love 
She gives him complete attention, kind, beautiful touch. Death doesn't win this night. Love is all you can smell. When I was 21, I had the opportunity to go to India and serve for two weeks at Mother Teresa's mission houses in Calcutta. It was an utterly overwhelming experience. It was my first adult experience in a developing country, and I was not prepared for the noise and the smells and the intensity of that experience. And Calcutta itself is an amazing, filthy, beautiful city. We spent our mornings at different missions throughout the city, and then we would gather for lunch and then go to Kaligat, which is Mother Teresa's first hospice, home for the dying. Monks and nuns, sisters and brothers of charities, go out into the streets and find homeless people who are dying. And they bring them to Kaligat, where they can die a death of dignity. As volunteers and college students from the United States, there was nothing we could do that was actually useful in any real sense. We fed women from time to time, but most weren't very hungry. We brought water when someone was thirsty. We changed bedpans. But most of what we did, most of what we were asked to do, was just to massage sweet-smelling lotion on these women's feet and hands and arms and legs and backs. Sometimes they were non-responsive. We didn't have any idea if they liked this or could even tell we were there. Sometimes they were obviously in pain, And our massage did very little to help. These women had lived incredibly hard lives, lives that I think we can barely begin to imagine. And that hardship showed on their bodies. We massaged sweet-smelling lotion over old wounds and scars and scabs and carefully around new wounds and festering sores. Was powerful and useless. And the most beautiful thing, maybe, that I have ever done. I'm still in awe of the beauty of those moments. In that place, the scent of death, even with all these people dying, the scent of death was not the dominant one, it was this sweet smelling lotion. And of course, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense for college students from the United States to spend thousands of dollars to fly halfway around the world to rub lotion into dying women's feet. That doesn't make any kind of sense. In fact, you could easily argue that it is an irresponsible use of valuable resources. 
And why would the Sisters of Charity run their organization like this? They must spend thousands of dollars a year just on lotion. Why not antibiotics? All of that time and money could surely be better spent. What are they doing? What are we doing while people are dying in the streets? And yet, and yet, there is something unspeakably beautiful about people from wildly different worlds being brought together over feet and sweet-smelling lotion. The beauty of Mary's action is that it is both extravagant and so human. We need that. In an inhuman world, we need that kind of humanity. There is plenty to be said for the responsible use of resources. There is plenty to be said for hard work and restraint. There is plenty to be said for wise stewardship. All of that is reasonable. But the gospel is so rarely reasonable. It is wild and good and extravagant. So we should be responsible with what we have. And we should seek to use the resources that we have in the ways that do the most good. And we should work for justice day after day. And if that is all that we do, we miss something. Sometimes we need a feast. Sometimes we need extravagance. Sometimes we need beauty. Just for beauty's sake. Just for the way it reminds us that we are human. Just for the way it affirms life in the face of so much death. We are cultivating and letting go this Lent. Where do you need extravagance in your life? It seems like an irresponsible question for a bunch of wealthy Americans on a Sunday morning, but where? Where do you need beauty? Because unless we can nurture beauty and humanity in our own lives, we cannot see it and extend it beyond us. So where do you need beauty? Where do you need extravagance? It might not be a $30,000 extravagance. Mary did this one time. Where do you need humanity and tenderness and beauty? Just for beauty's sake, I invite you to take a few minutes to reflect.